Welcome, everybody, to the Inscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm here with my lovely brother, Doug. Yo. And, of course, we're here with uh, our two good buddies, Eric and Clinton. What up? What's up, people? Not much. We're here to talk wrestling. It's an exciting wrestling season, but we're here to talk about... In modern days, in the years of the young fucks and uh, all these slippy bastards, these guys kind of get forget and lost in the shadows. And I like the flippy stuff too, but we're here to talk about big guys in wrestling, and this is the big guy tier list. Uh, So that's going to be fun. Before we get into that, we probably should talk a little current stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, before we get into that, three wrestling guests this week. Yes. Ole Anderson passed away on Monday. Uh, R.I.P. Ole Anderson. Uh, Apparently, Eric didn't know. Uh, Ole Anderson passed away on Monday. Uh, Ole Anderson, famous for, he was one of the founding members of the Horsemen. Yeah, he was a booker in WCW in the 90s. Booker WCW in the 90s. Part owner of George Wrestling. And the notable tag partner of Arn Anderson. And Gene. Yep, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. So, R.I.P. Ole Anderson. On Wednesday, we lost Virgil, uh, Mike Soul Train Jones, also known as uh, Vincent and Billy Bill in WCW. Known for taking the world by storm when he left Ted DiBiase in the air. And the SummerSlam match. Uh, so, R.I.P. Virgil. And then just yesterday, uh, Paul Bush the... Uh, the father of Luna Vachon, who passed away several years ago. He does? Uh, yep. Uh, and also the brother of Maurice Mad Dog passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 36. So RIP to all three of those, all three of them, legends. Uh, and also, you know, non wrestling death, Richard Lewis, you know, passed away earlier this week as well. So, uh, death has been busy this week. Uh, well, hopefully it's done for now. Well, hopefully it's done for now. If it's not, go to Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, anyway. But, all right, yeah, so let's talk current stuff before I dig it. Well, further. there's only one current thing I really want to talk. Do you guys think The Rock's doing good shit right now? Because I do. Yeah. He cut like he is getting promos in one doing day. Job. And he's doing a damn good job as a heel in my book. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily well, want to see the tag. No offense to Rollins, I just don't think he's got quite the star power to be in that match. I do love Seth, and I get it, and it's a hell of a rub for him and stuff. But to me, you take the allure away so when, from Kobe a little bit by having him come out during night one. To me, you just build, build, exactly. build, and then let that match take place the way it is. I get it. Well, uh, I, uh, yeah. well I look at it like this. If you had this tag match, it's a great way for Damian Priest to cash in to win the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, but then he's got to wrestle Drew McIntyre the next night. Or that a Teal versus Who cares? The fact of the matter is that Seth is like really technically not 100%. And he he's going off of like, I guess, a, a lot of pain. Would it be easier for you to find a way to get Drew, uh, someone like Damian Priest 
They drop the tag titles that earlier that night. They come back. They win the. Uh, he wins the the take Seth Rollins place in that title match. I think I would love to see Drew. Uh, yeah, it makes it does make sense. I don't think it means much though, because there's well, so much well, spectacle going on. Well, like like Priest gets his moment for three seconds until Rock and Roman end up winning the actual match, and then you know they're doing the tribal chief shit. Well, that's well, why. Who, who like, said gonna, I said it happens after the match. I didn't say it happened before. You and think Rock and Roman are going to step aside on night one and let Damian Priest have his moment, and then on night two lose the belt to Cody? I think the bloodline looks powerful one night, and Cody looks powerful the other night. I think – but who knows? Maybe you're right. I mean, Clinton does make a good – I mean, you make a good point, too, because I think Rock and Ro- – because Rock right now, the Rock we saw cut that promo yesterday – and the way, and finally, everybody can shut up now. And you and I were talking about this, almost arguing, even though I wasn't speaking on behalf of myself. I was speaking on, on behalf of other people that were bitching and moaning and bitching and moaning oh, yeah. about the fact that for weeks there had been no explanation, and I'm doing finger quotes, as to why Co- Cody Rhodes you know, stepped aside for Rock and then said, fuck it, I'm taking the match. No explanation. And people have been waiting for an explanation. They weren't getting one. Rock gives us one yesterday. And you can just kind of tell with with the fact that he's kind of eating up this Hollywood Rock thing and going back and, you know, cutting all the promos. The way he's talking about people, like the fans and all that, do you think that maybe he actually, the way he's talking on camera is actually how he feels? No, I think he's playing into it. Rock's a nice guy down there. He's a ruthless businessman and stuff, but he seems like a sweet enough guy. I think he's just fucking he is. letting himself have fun. Because he like, sounds like a cheesy cartoon villain almost. It's not like he, it's like he's getting rich. It's not like he's Christian, you know, talking shit about dead relatives and stuff. Right. He's just calling you a crackhead parent. And what's funny, what's funny is the fact that, like, if he really, because I've heard people say, oh, you know, this is how he really feels. But if he feels that way, because, you know, he quoted D- uh, Dave LaGreca of Busted Open Radio, because Dave LaGreca said, I hate the on-camera rock. Yeah, but that was also a funny video. A great, that dude, whatever his fucking name was, he was sitting there in a Cody shirt and a pink robe. Yeah. Crying like a little bitch. It's good to be passionate as wrestling fans, and I enjoy. But when you start crying like a little girl, you can't get mad when people make fun of you. I mean, he did say he's like, I have got nothing against Dwayne the first, but Dwayne the on-screen character because I am so into Cody Rhodes right now. Yeah, that's good. That's what he said. I hate Dwayne the character, and Dwayne in character, even though it wasn't, on, it was on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck, made fun of the guy. Now, it was an in-character promo, yeah, I get he that. was in-character. So, but like, you know, because again, I've heard people say, oh, you know, this is how Rock really feels. But you got to remember this. That's stupid. He is the one that, because Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro said they did not give a shit. They have gone and told people, this is happening. Rock versus Roman is happening this year. We need, we don't want people talking about Vince McMahon, we figure they like The Rock, they'll like this match, it's going to make us money, so we're doing it, we appreciate the fans' support, but 
It's our company. So we do what we want. Yeah. And it was Rock who basically said, uh, guys, this isn't, if this isn't what the fans want, they're going to boo the shit out of us. They're going to boo the shit out of me. And they're going to shit all over this thing. And we don't want that. Not for what is supposed to be the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Mm-hmm. So, too, I think we might get Rock and, and Roman for this six months later. I say it happens at SummerSlam. You think it happens at SummerSlam in Cleveland? I, yes. I think, I think it comes. Oh, yeah. They're already starting to turn on each other. If you look at both of their faces last night, Roman was like, fuck this guy. I'm getting sick of him already. Yeah, Roman wanted to leave the ring. He's like my tribal team. We can't leave that. They still are going to get that singles match <laughs> if it's the last thing they well, fucking Well, that's the thing. Is that like they are going to build towards it, obviously. But right now they have to, you know, finish this. They so have to finish that. the story. Yeah. And, you know, Mark Shapiro and Ari Emanuel, like I said, they wanted to do things their way. Like, did you guys even did you guys read apparently what uh like what one of their ideas was? What? So apparently and Meltzer came up with this, but Meltzer has been on crack so much lately that nobody really believes him. But uh they're saying that when Rock came back and uh, you know, said all this. They started putting the plans in motion, but then they told Cody. They said, "Look, you're going to win the Royal Rumble, and you're going to pick Roman Reigns, but uh, and you're going to pick Roman Reigns and all that." And he had it all set. Well, when Rock came back, they started Ari Emanuel, Mark Shapiro, uh, started thinking of ways to, even though Cody's going to win the Rumble, to get him out of the main event of WrestleMania because they wanted Rock in there. But they still wanted Cody to win the Rumble. So one of the ideas, they apparently they had gone to Vince, or they had went to Triple H and they said, we need Vince's line of thinking of what to do here. So they went to Vince and Vince said, all right, pal, here's what I would do. And they were going to have somehow Cody get attacked and get injured to where he could not do the match and Rock was going to step in and all that. And I'm thinking, I'm like... That would have sucked. Yeah, because that would have been shit on. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, either way, like, I know the uh, TKO wanted this match to happen, but... In the end, like, you want to give the people what they want, and what they want is Cody. I understand it's about making money and all that. And I know a lot of people, like Brian Gewurz, Rock's head writer, he wasn't happy about this. Well, and that's the thing. At the end of the day, it seems like that they're all happy about it because the way they're doing it, Rock's still in the moment. It still means a lot that the Rock's there. He's still a big – Rock being a bad guy and talking all this shit – is just adding to the story and adding he, to the fun. He's still part of the story. He's just not the main focal point. He's almost better in this part of the story than just a baby face telling Roman, hey, you're not the head of the table I am. Yeah. This almost works better, and it's a better build. So, 
I, I think it's fun so far, and I'm excited. And even though I know they're going to have Cody lose, just to fuck me. Oh, no, I, I think Cody will win. Not. I think Cody will win, and this is why. Now, I, I think won the both nights or just one of them? I'm going on tonight, too. All right. Yep. Eric, are you doing the same I said, thing? I, I, or did your brother lay out the cash for both nights? <laughs> We're just going to night two. I see. I want to see. I want, I know night two is going to have ro- ro- the title match between Rosie oh, yeah. and Cody. Oh, so that's what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, me now, too. Here, here's the thing, though, and, and then I know we should probably get to the tier list. The thing is, is that the last two, actually, no, even though the last three years of WrestleMania that they've done two nights. The WrestleMania, the night one has been a thousand times better than night two. Really? I, don't think so. I like night two last year. Even with Cody losing, it was a good show. Well, and the reason why I was going to say uh, that night two has stuck the last three years is because they've had Roman go over each night. Like, he should not have gone over last year. I think he should have because this wouldn't have as much heat. Well, then you could do, you could have done Rock and, well, first of all, you should have done Rock and Roman two years ago. Yeah, but. Instead of Brock Lesnar, because the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania two years ago sucked. To me, it's hard to say all this, though, because they're doing good shit right now. Yeah. So it's like, why would you do, like, Cody wins last year, then none of this means anything this year. We have a totally different WWE. This is, was all building towards this. So, to me, it means more to that, especially if Cody wins, that's the story. Right. There wouldn't be, a, like, a real story to finish if he loses this year. It's good that he lost, because it just builds that momentum. Can he do it? Yeah. Can he get it done? The only thing that I think will fuck up... If he loses know, again, it's going to suck. Well, here's the thing. The only way I see Cody losing is if somehow somebody gets to Janelle Grant, gets to her, tells her, gets her to drop those charges... And dipshit makes his way back in. Oh yeah. Of uh, Roman by three count. <laughs> but I mean, that's highly unlikely because he is he is done. Like he was even done out of that creative process before beforehand. So like he is completely done. But that is the only way I see Roman Reigns winning this year. Even they all have to know. Now the big Cody is the guy. The big question is, who do you give Cody a backlash? Who's the who's the next big heel to fucking push against Cody? Well, I think I, I think you you uh, I think you you push Solo. You go right into Solo, or do you do like a Walter? It depends if Walter is still the Intercontinental. If they allow Walter to keep the Intercontinental title, you you push it all. I think you save that but, for uh, uh, Germany. Berlin. But to tell you this, but to tell you the truth, I say solo because, it, 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 and I know this is too. Um, remember those promo battles John Cena has? I guess he won me up to No Mercy with Roman Reigns, how he just buried him alive. Yeah, <laughs> I don't hear because you oh, couldn't do like, your job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then he, John Cena does this, and almost lately, 
when John Cena comes and he does a major program and do a, he buries that person. I think after that promo battle, and Roman Reigns came back in two thousand uh, during the pandemic at SummerSlam, it changed his whole character. He, oh, he, yeah. he even in itself, it changed his whole character. That one promo battle, how John Cena buries Solo Sokolo, and then Solo beats him. But then again, Solo hasn't really had anything because he's just the background of the the bloodline. <laughs> yeah. Now you know mm-hmm. Roman's going to take time off, so you know we're not going to get the WrestleMania rematch right away at Backlash. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's you know, one of the main reasons why I do think, I, I still believe, obviously, in my heart that Roman is going to lose at WrestleMania because he wants to be done. And he doesn't, like, even he's not necessarily happy with this whole, you know, part-time champion thing. Really? Yeah, like, he's just, like, he wants to drop it. I think he wanted to drop it last year because he knew he wasn't going to work that much. Yeah, but he's still got some good matches out of him this year, like the Logan match and the LA Knight match. Yeah. So, I think he wants to be done, and in order for him to be done completely, he has to, you know, give up the title, which I'm pretty sure he's he's willing to do. Uh, I'm YouTube is going to make the My Rise career move so much fun to play now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but another name I'll throw out there, too, as a, an opponent for uh, Backlash, uh, AJ. Yeah, I mean, he's always a good bounce back, but he's got a job to LA Knight at WrestleMania, so. <laughs> well, I was, yeah, well, LA Knight. So, so, so I'll give it to LA Knight. I was like, you know, you put a stipulation like that. Those two have a number one contenders match at WrestleMania. <laughs> that's what I would do just to make it mean something, and then you give LA Knight some polish when he beats AJ. Because yeah. that's what they're doing. It's going to be LA and AJ, and LA is going to go over. And that's going to be kind of a patch of the torch a little bit. I can see that. Even though LA Knight's old, that's what everybody forgets. Yeah. But, uh, all right, let's uh, – Let's get into this tier list. So we got our usual tiers, elite, very good, good, mediocre, meh, and garbage. Uh, We're going to be talking – this is a very – we're very bending the terms on what it means to be a big man. (laughs) Right. As long as there's not like a certain height or weight you have to be at. It's just if you were presented as like muscle or like a powerhouse or a monster, all these things could make you a big man in the business. Uh. Yeah. So there's no so like because in my mind a big man is you got to be over six five and you got to be over like two hundred and sixty two hundred and seventy pounds because like when they did the thing at World War Three the first World War Three when they set a giant in every ring and uh, uh, Baldy Flatscal Hulk Hogan was uh, one of the giants in the ring and he was six he was like six five yeah Hogan's six five. Yeah, there's some smaller guys too, though. Yeah, that are like kind of the big men because of maybe their weight or their power. You know what I mean? So let's yeah. get into it. And we're gonna start with Hi. the ruler of the world, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, the man they call Sid. Uh, well, first of all, I always liked Sid. Uh, 
Weird ass pro. One of those promos where you don't know what the fuck he's saying. I don't think he does either. If you have half the brain, if I had half the brain that you do. Uh, I do think he's been a part of memorable stuff. That Royal Rumble match with Sean when Sean got the belt back was pretty good. Right? Royal Rumble? Yep. Royal Rumble 97, yeah. Uh, I like the War Games match he was a part of, even though that one gets shit out. Uh, the one where he almost killed Tillman? Yeah. There's a lot. Of, I do like Sid, and I think Sid was always believable as a big man. Later on, like 99, 2000, he started to lose it. But early 90s and stuff, I thought Sid was a serviceable big man. He was. He does have the capacity to shit the bed, though. Yeah. Um, like, you know, and he's done some stupid shit. And, you know, he proved that he wasn't necessarily a fan of the business because he'd rather go play softball or all that shit. Or, uh, but I, I've always been a fan of his. But so for me personally, I would put him in good. Uh, and I enjoyed a lot of the stuff that he did. Like his first run in the WWF when he started off as a babyface, but then turned on Hogan. And the fact that everybody, and the fact that the WWF almost shit their pants because when he eliminated Hogan from the Rumble, originally the crowd cheered. So. They actually fucking, uh, when they replayed it, they actually had Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan go back into the commentary. They had to redo the commentary to where Gorilla Monsoon had to shit on him for eliminating Hogan. He had to shit on him for eliminating Hogan, and they had to pipe in booze. Because the crowd cheered when Sid got rid of Hogan. So they had to make Sid look like a bad guy. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, because, yeah, the company was just like, oh, fuck. Like, what are we... Because they were going to go with Hogan and Flair. But then, you know, they didn't like what they saw. And they went with Hogan and Sid, which was the worst match. That is the worst match. Uh... But, no, I put him in good. There's five tiers, right? Six. Okay, so that's... I put him in uh, the one after good. When you say after, do you mean below, above good or below good? <laughs> below. I think below. 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 <laughs> the, third, the third tier. Good is the third tier. So, oh, Eric, good. you need to start listening to the <laughs> show. Mediocre or Elite, good? Very good, good, mediocre, meh, or garbage. Okay, good. I think he's good, too. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't the best big guy of all time. All right, next up, let's talk about somebody that... uh Maybe a bit underrated or overrated, depending on how you ask. Bunch of names for this guy. You could call him King Mabel. You could call him Big Daddy V. Or you might call him Viscera. All right. Personally, I never liked a guy. And 
I I thought he was. I mean, I thought the Viscera character was kind of cool, except for you know when he wanted to you know, sexually assault Lillian Garcia, uh, and when he actually sexually assaulted Maven during a match. Uh, I'm putting him in garbage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No disrespect I mean, yeah, to him, but yeah, garbage. Didn't he hurt Taker, or was that somebody else? No, he hurt Undertaker, and he hurt Diesel. He was not, he was, he had that, at least Yokozuna kind of knew how to manage his weight. Mabel didn't give a shit. Yeah. So he's, you're putting him in trash. Yeah. I'd agree. Okay. Where would you put him, Clinton? I'm putting him in garbage, too. No disrespect to him. Yeah, I won't put him in garbage, bro. I'll put him in eh. one right, right, right remote. Because I do like the King Mabel stuff. Ninety-six stuff. King Mabel, the Viscera, not very well. But the King Mabel back in ninety-seven when he won in won King of the Ring those years. Those I did like. The attitude yeah. error, not so much, but it was fine. Uh, but I and the Ministry of Darkness stuff wasn't terrible. Like I said, it's viscera. He was he was okay. Yeah. Until he decided to be the world's largest love machine, which is pretty much just uh, it was just sexually assaulting guys every. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that hump was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, like poor poor Maven takes one in the ass from Viscera, and then a week later gets fucking fired. That's a way to go. It's, it's part of fucking. It's part of. It might not have been a week later, but like his last major match on television, he's taken one up the ass, <laughs> and then cuts happen like just a couple weeks later. It's like, oh yeah, Maven, you're you're out. I just took one up the ass yeah. from a 550-pound guy. Now you're telling me I'm fucking right? Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, next up. <laughs> Somebody that might, might not go down in the ranks as one of the greatest of all time, but someone who... I'd like to talk about uh, mainly we're going to have trouble jogging our memories remembering this guy, but former bodyguard to Chavo Guerrero, Mr. Bam Neely. Who? Bam Neely. You remember him? I think around 2008. Okay. After, uh, after Chavo lost the ECW title to Kane. To me, he oh. actually, when he first came out, I actually thought it was roadkill from ECW. It, it just lost some weight. Because that's who he looked like to me. Way skinnier, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought he was a good bodyguard for Chavo until they started having him lose. Yeah. What's today, the second or the third? Second, I think. Second. Okay, second. But yeah. <laughs> but actually, 
Uh, but yeah, no, nah, I so for me, I would just put him in May. Put him I in don't May. remember him, so I'm gonna put him in garbage. Yeah, he's a garbage. He was muscle. Yeah, I'll go garbage. Yeah, which a, a lot yeah, of the guys wrestler garbage. But but while it's a muscle, I give him good as a muscle. And okay. as a muscle, it would take um, that good bodyguard type feel. But as a character, yes, he is garbage. And, and what's funny is that a lot of those guys in the start of the PG era that came in is like muscle, like him, Mason Ryan, uh, your couple other guys. Uh, Some of them I like though, so let's not blow our load out. Yeah. Uh, next up, the man. This guy, I think, I don't think he's any higher than. Uh, I, I'd put him in elite. Let's talk about Vader. Oh, he has to go. He is one of the more agile big men. The only thing is, is that like he liked to rough people up. Yeah. But if you listen to him. He roughed you up to get you motivated to want to fight him back. Yeah, he was a sweet guy. Which is why, he, you know, when he roughed up Flair, he basically told people, and he even told Flair, he goes, look, the only reason why I beat the shit out of you in the match is I wanted you to beat me up. Yeah. Because he got Flair fired up, and that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people, because he had respect for guys like Flair. He had respect for Sting. Uh, You know, Sting... Turned out, especially towards the end of uh, Vader, of Vader's life, Sting was one of Vader's best friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we talk about you know, you know, Sting's last match tomorrow night. If Vader were still alive, Vader would be in the front row. Yep. Uh, Misty knocking off. We're doing a show. So, uh. But Vader is just... No, Vader's just... He's a unique case to where all his best stuff is outside of WWE. He's one yeah. of those guys, like the Steiners. He's... All of his best shit is not with the company. It's in Japan. It's in WCW. Uh, he did have a couple of good matches in WWE, and we've talked about him being a part of that Fatal 4-Way and stuff. The Fatal 4-Way, the match with Shamrock, where Shamrock basically rearranged his face to look like his ass. Yeah. <laughs> but I would put him in elite because I think he's one of the – he's at least top five big man. He he gave what you want out of a big man, even if it's a monster, bodyguard, muscle. You want to have that big fight feel. And to me, Vader always brought it. When Vader was in the marquee, it felt like it meant something. Yeah. It just asked, like, you know, all the stuff he did with uh, with Sting and with, with Sting and Flair. All right? And the stuff he did with Cactus Jack. He was, and I, I agree with you, and when they finally put him in the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, you know, he he earned it. He did. He did. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, is that what you guys think, too? Yeah. 90%. Yes, I do agree with that. I think Vader does need to be in the elite category. But not just for WWE, especially what he does in WCW. Yeah. 
Yes. Hello? Yeah. All right. Hmm. Well, let's get into it. So let's put him at uh, Elite. Is he I did elite? already. All right. Next up, let's talk about Umaga. Gone too Umaga. soon. Uh, you know, obviously gone too soon. Uh, was fired from the company, I, I think, too soon. Well, first of all, he got fired from the company because he didn't think he needed to go to rehab. When they said, all right, you failed the drug test for the second time, you have to go to rehab, he said no, so they said bye. But he came in with all this, like that monster push in 2006 and 2007. But then when 2008 happened, like he just, he lost his, he lost his allure. Yeah. But that first two years, like that last man standing match that he had with Cena at uh, at the Royal Rumble that year in 2007. Like, that was one of the greatest – that ranked up there in uh, title bouts in Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, like, even the matches he had with Bobby Lashley that year. And even Triple H. So, he was – same thing with that big fight feel. He made Super Cena work. Yeah, and he was the guy you wanted to see John Cena go through hell against and then beat. When if like when you talk about like Hogan and he had his uh, big boss man and even Akeem and all these big men that he would go after, and then you had John Cena and you kind of needed someone similar that would take on super heavyweights. Umaga was that super heavyweight, and when Cena took Umaga's undefeated streak, it felt like it meant something. Right at the New Year's Revolution and. Like, Umaga was just, and again, I don't know if I'd necessarily put him in elite. I would definitely put him in very good. Yes. Uh, I mean, he was a super heavyweight. He was a super heavyweight workhorse. He was. Oh, yeah. I put him in good. Well, I'm putting him in very good. I'll put him in very good. I put him in very good as well. That Samoan spike was badass, and yeah. it looked like it hurt. Even though it's just a thumb to the throat, it looked, felt like it hurt every time. Uh, Maga's going. Oh, yeah. Now, let's talk about his brother, the superhero in training, part of the three-minute warning with him when uh, Umaga was Jamal. Yeah. We have Rosie. Yeah. Well, they were cousins. Rosie is uh, Roman's brother. Okay. Uh, was Roman's brother, obviously. Rosie's no longer. I didn't read that chart that. that right when Rock put it up. Uh, yeah, no, they're uh, Rosie is good for them. The also, superhero in training, Rosie. Yeah, I liked him as the superhero in training, and that when her and Hurricane finally won the tag titles after two years together, yeah, like that was a pop. Uh, and JR is just like, holy upset, Batman. <laughs> and like, because that was, that was a throwaway match, that tag team turmoil, because a lot of those tag team turmoils were. <laughs> were throwaway matches, and then these guys get the big moment, and they get a little bit of a pop, and Jerry Lawler's clapping for him at ringside, and Lawler's the heel announcer. 
I, I like Rosie, and it's nice to see a big man in like a baby face role. As part of the three minute warning, I thought it was pretty mediocre, even though I did enjoy that group just beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go mediocre for Rosie. I would agree with that just because he really didn't accomplish. Like, he wasn't an accomplished single star. No, and there was no main event potential for him, really. So, yep, I'll agree with, I'll agree okay. with you guys. If they yeah, I put him in uh, mediocre. So let's now go to somebody classic. Okay. Somebody from the old days. Somebody that you may know more as a commentator, but is one of the best big men in the uh, wrestling industry. Gorilla Monsoon. Okay, so... And I've been doing a lot of reading because I got a, uh, the complete collection of the Wrestling Observer right. newsletter. I'm reading through the 89 edition now. Just finished part one on the part two. And Dave Meltzer hated Gorilla Monsoon's commentary. As a matter of fact, every year in the Observer Awards, now again, this was all done by readers too. But like readers voted for, voted for this. It's voted by the readers. Everybody would always vote for him as wrestling's worst announcer. Now, Gorilla? Yeah. What? Now, we have also... I he was good. He was very good. But also, Dave Meltzer is the leader of the... Uh, leader of Boneheads. Which is about the nicest way I could put it without us losing the show. Uh Basically, anybody that takes anything that Dave Meltzer says as gospel needs to have their head surgically removed from their ass. (laughs) Uh, Now, I do enjoy reading The Observer, but I think a lot of what Dave reports is bullshit. Uh, Yeah, especially now. Yeah. But as far as Gorilla Monsoon goes... I mean, this is a guy who gave an airplane spin to Muhammad Ali. That's a big deal. Yeah. And then cut a promo on him and said, I don't know who who this guy thinks he is, Vince. He doesn't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch. And he just, he was very tough to deal with in the ring in his day. Uh, also, he, you know, he's a native of Rochester, New York, you know, which is our neck of the woods, Daniel. Yes. Uh, personally, for me, I would rate him in. I would rate him in good, at least. I, I agree with that. Yeah, it would have been good. I agree Just, as well. We didn't get to see a lot of his best shit, I guess. Yeah. Well, because he retired in 1983. As a commentator, he's elite. Yeah. No, as a commentator, oh, yeah. he was. He, he was fantastic. Meltzer and his readers are dipshits. Colossus dipshits. Uh, all right, next up. And I'm going to start with you, Clinic, because that's just the way we're going this time. Let's uh, talk about Vladimir Kozlov. Kozlov. I will say Kozlov is. I will say I will put him as good. 
I think Kossoff was like a strong guy. He he had um a okay singles run. Stuff he did with Santino Morella was um good as well. So yeah, yeah. I want to put him as um just good. Uh, I mean, you seem to think of him pretty fondly. I thought that singles run was fucking trash. And it seemed like they were trying to push a guy that just wasn't over and couldn't wrestle that much. And like like the stuff with Triple H to me was not great uh, on SmackDown. And I, I thought like he never knew what to do with his hands. <laughs> you know you know what's funny about that run against Triple H? What? They really like the company really wanted Jeff Hardy to achieve like the success or whatever. Because Jeff Hardy was leading the company in merch sales. He was either right behind Cena or right above Cena. Triple H was dead set against it. He's like, no, he's a drug addict. I mean, the guy just fucking burnt down his house. I mean, he, Jeff Hardy's house burnt down in 2008. And, you know, everybody blamed Jeff for that, even though he wasn't home. Uh, But Triple H is just like, he's a fucking drug addict. We don't reward him for having the title. Like, fuck that. So, Vladimir Kozlov was Triple H's way to try to get away from Jeff Hardy. Because Triple H did not have the belief in Jeff Hardy that uh, everybody else did. And I don't blame him, but still, holy shit. But the whole Kozlov run was just Triple But because, you know, nobody believed in Kozlov, they just kept bringing Jeff Hardy in it and Finally, during a meeting, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. finally said, let's just put the fucking belt on Hardy. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be long. He can lose it back to whoever. Just put the belt on him for a month. And they did, and we were there. Uh, now, unfortunately... Uh, that was a huge pop when he won, too. It was a huge pop when he won. I mean, unfortunately, it cost Freddie Prince Jr. having a creative and also cost Bruce Pritchard his job because Bruce was advocating for him. Well, he came back. And now he won't fucking go away, so I think it's fine. Yeah. The thing with Vladimir is I thought the monster heel run did not work, but I do think the Santino yeah. shit saved his career. And I think the comedy shit really worked for him. And when he did the dancing thing during that dancing segment, he put on that top hat and started shaking his legs like nobody's business. I thought once we got to see some of his personality and his goofy side, I thought it really worked. And I thought that would bump him up to a mediocre. I don't think I can go good, but I do yeah. think he's at least mediocre. He's mediocre because he was able to do the comedy stuff with Santino. And it worked. And when they won the tag titles, we legitimately popped. Yeah. I mean, again, it was during a match on Raw that, like, nobody really expected anything. And you had the Usos around that time. You had the Hard Dynasty. You had good tag teams, and they won the titles because they were so over. Right, Exactly. I'm putting him in the ochre, too. All righty. All right. Now we have... You talked about him earlier. This was another ruthless... Slash, maybe not ruthless, I'd say more PG era, but muscle. He had the look, especially if you're trying to look like Batista. Uh, CM Punk's muscle for the new Nexus. And then got a little bit of a run on his own. Mason Ryan. He got a little bit of a run on his own. Wasn't he NXT World Champion or no? 
No. Okay. Uh, they were trying to bring him back. So they brought him back in 2011, or like way around in 2011, and he was starting to get like a little bit of a push. But then, like after like the Survivor Series that year, like he was just like he gets pinned by Cody Rhodes, and then all of a sudden we don't see him again for like two years <sighs> until he goes down until he gets dropped back to NXT. He had that look that you talked about, like the Batista look or whatever. He does. But he just, in my opinion, I thought he sucked. In the ring, he wasn't that great, but he did have the look. And I think when he was presented, he had a good theme song. I remember being a kid watching him, and I could get invested if they did something with him. Right. They never did. But if they did, I do think he could have made it work. Uh I just put him at meh because the potential was there. I think to be in garbage, there has to be no potential. I think Mason Ryan had a lot of potential. I just don't think he was ever really developed. Yeah. And it was so close. He, he looked way too similar to Batista. Right. No, I agree with you. Do you guys got any thoughts? or? I put him in garbage. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm probably not very good. I wasn't a big fan of the whole Mason Rudolph ordeal whatsoever. Right. All right, you ready, Doug? Yeah. Let's move on. And this is kind of what I was saying when I'm talking big men and how we're kind of. Blurring the lines a little bit because this guy is kind of tiny, but I feel like he is the muscle for one of the biggest groups WWE's ever had. Let's talk about Sola Sokoa. So he's big in the sense that he's fat. <laughs> okay. Uh, if him and Paul Hayden were to step on a scale together, that scale would scream out, Get off! <laughs> uh, like, to me, and he, he he is the muscle for the bloodline. Now, he's gone 0 and 105 since beating John Cena. Like oh, I he, forgot he beat John Cena. He beat John Cena, but he hasn't won a match since. But there is there is so much potential in him to where, like, he can get over if... Uh, he could get over if the bloodline wasn't around anymore. Like, if you just have Heyman as his manager or whatever. Yeah. Like, get him over. He is, like, the, the newest, like, version of the Samoan bulldozer. Yes. He could be that new Samoan bulldozer. You know, he's got the spike and all that. And he's, uh, he, he is awesome, I think. But right now he's just he's just good. Yeah, I'd agree. But not as good yeah. as he can be. Hundred percent. He has a lot of potential. I like him. Yeah. I hope he's a future world champion. I put him <laughs> at good too. I think there's a lot of potential, but it's one of those things to where when Cody finishes his story or whenever the whoever takes the title off Roman. You could see Solo either become his own man and grow and become his own talent or fade into obscurity. 
You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of those deals. It's kind of like like Alex Riley when he was with the Miz, or, or like uh, fuck, who else? But but like you know what I mean? Those guys that almost, are almost like Virgil. Yeah, Virgil. Like, like those guys that are involved because they're a lackey to the big main eventer. They could either become their own men after that program's over, or they could just fuck off, like the Edge heads. Yeah, <laughs> no offense to Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, but like Man Neely, <laughs> like people like that. Right. So we'll see. He does have the potential to be something good, especially if you go right into Roma, Roman and Sokoa after. Right. Like even if they did, like last year when it was teased that the bloodline was really falling apart, you know, when Jimmy and Jay left. And then they backtracked and they put Jimmy back in because they realized that, you know, Jay's becoming a big enough star on his own to where Jimmy is just, uh, you know, butt crack. Uh, Jimmy is just a stain on the underwear of life. Like, they could have broken up the bloodline then and Solo would have been fine. Because, like, there was kind of like that tease, but... Because they're like, oh, fuck, you know, Jimmy's not going to make it on his own. He sucks. Uh, you know, the most talented the most talented member in his house right now, or at that time, worked for Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Now she's back in WWE. Uh, and uh, so with Solo... If Solo and Roman, you know, if they would have gone through with that at the time, you know, Solo would have been a big star already by now. But because they're still prolonging this bloodline storyline, which now has new life breathed into it, thanks to uh, the bald one, I mean the great one, uh, then, you know, Solo would be a big name by now. But, you know, because they're, they still feel like there's more life they could breathe into this, which, again, I just kind of blame on the fact that they realize that Jimmy Uso is ass. Uh, I swear, like, the only meaningful title matches he has been in lately are the ones that he's cost his brother. Who, Jimmy? Yeah. 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 Like, he gets a background guy now. Huh? He didn't do anything. He just, stays in, he just stands in the background. Yeah. So, in my opinion, Solo right right now is just good. I say good too. All right, well, Solo. I am going to say he is uh, to me. He right now, I think right now he is good. He's on there when he goes for the next couple of months. He's up there to be a very good, to a very good type of level. But right now, I think what's holding on that is this whole bloodline stuff. And I think the bloodline is time is really holding on that. If you look at what he did at NXT, how much of a monster he was at NXT, um, I think we need that solo back. I agree with you. I agree too. That that solo was elite. Yeah. Yep. He has potential. 
as I said. You guys have a lot of potential. All right, ready, Doug? Yeah. Fashion booger. Oh, God. Here's the thing. He was one of the more likable guys. Yeah. And he had a really good character as Norman the Lunatic and as Muck and Sing. You know, we talked about him, you know, when we had the global guys on. Uh, how good he was. But then, you know, they decided that... The, I mean, he was either going to be... Uh, you know, when they first brought him in, they brought him in as Friar Ferguson, the monk. Yeah. And then uh, they then turned him into Bastion Booger. As Bastion Booger, I think, you know, he was he was mad. I'm not going to put him in garbage because of all his other stuff that he did that he was successful at. But... Uh, I would put him. I would put him in Matt. Okay. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Somebody else want to go or? I didn't love both. Uh, uh, okay. Videos are. You get off your phone in twenty minutes. Yeah, I'll say mediocre as well. Well, I said I said Matt. Well, he said mediocre. Okay. <laughs> I said mediocre. Fuck what you said, Doug. Yeah. I put him in mediocre too. All right, I'll get on number three to one. <laughs> right now. <laughs> get off your phone. All right. I'm just gonna lick you. That's weird. Uh, all right. Next up, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let me put my phone down. Let's go. Good. The man known for the kiss cam, Great Kali. Oh, God. We're getting into the bad big man. Garbage. Oh, yeah, yeah. What what Kali are we talking about? We're talking about the face Kali or the heel Kali. I like the heel Kali. The heel Kali was good, even though, like, you knew he sucked, but, like, he was only there to do, like, certain things. But, you know, as the baby face, like, there's no way this guy's gonna sell. No, but the the slaps didn't even look effective. Like, like he had the look because he was so fucking huge, but he couldn't move. <laughs> and that was a big deal. He could not move his legs. He he was very immobile, and that made for some shitty wrestling. When you put him against, and that was another. The Undertaker was doing the company a favor <sighs> and dealing with an asshole. Uh, not an asshole, but somebody that couldn't wrestle. He wasn't good. The only cool thing that came from him was the Pujami Prison match because you got some good toy sets out of it. I got one for Christmas myself. But but besides that, I, I don't think he, he added some entertainment value. But him is the big bad heel. It, it was it was the butt cheeks. It was the drizzling shits. I'd put him at meh. I think he did a couple funny things to get him away from garbage. But I can agree with that. Well, it depends what the rest of the group thinks. I put him in garbage. I wasn't a fan of him. I think I said him before, so I, I put him in garbage. Yeah, I, I see, I'm the only one who's going to put him as good. For those reasons I stated. The heel colleague. But I'll be right back, guys. 
right. Yeah, Hill Kali was all right. Let's talk about somebody now that we're kind of because Clint is away. We'll go old school a bit. Let's talk about someone who I think should be towards the top. I think someone you have a lot of love for, Doug. Let's talk about Bam Bam Bigelow. I put him in elite just because he was one of those guys. He, one of the more agile big men, just like Vader. He was a little easier, I think, on a lot of people's, uh, a lot of people's minds. He was easier to deal with than, than Vader was. Although some people thought that he was, you know, kind of, you know, he, he kind of had an ego himself, but that's also coming from the mouths of, you know, members of the click. This is a guy that made a vent at WrestleMania, though. That's probably why the click were dicks about him. Yeah. With, with a football player. That's a big deal. Bad yeah, and the WrestleMania 11 where Diesel was the champion. That's probably why the click were jealous little bitches. Yeah. Uh, so... He just – so, yeah, to me, he's definitely elite just because of – All right, I'm done. All right, we're on Batman Big O right now, Clintus. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm putting him I'm putting him in elite. Uh, and, yeah. I won money in the UFC fight. Yeah, right. I put him in elite, too. All right, that's two elites. Two elites, keys. See, Bam Bam, to me, I, I will go as elite as well. And I, I think I'm going to say that because of the stuff that he did at ECW. Oh, I yeah, love you, can't, you can't really forget his ECW stuff. Putting Taz through the fucking ring. And throwing yes. Spike Dudley in the crowd. Yeah. Yes. That ECW, his ECW career was amazing to me. He's a legend. Every which way. I'll lead him. All right. I'll lead his ass, Doug. I'll lead his ass. Someone that might join him, we'll see, Big Dick Johnson. He was just fat. <laughs> He's a big man. He well, he was he was actually a short guy with a big belly. He was a writer. Yeah. Uh, did he ever wrestle a match? <laughs> no, but he got beat up a lot. <laughs> he did get beat up a lot. Nothing like getting super kicked by Shawn Michaels and then laying flat on your be- laying flat on your belly backstage to where the words DX are actually spray painted across your ass cheeks. <laughs> I've been there. Uh, that was a joke one. Let's talk about Mike Awesome. Oh, his career in Japan. The guy had ECW. Yes. Uh, but then you know he had shit careers in WCW and in WWE. WCW wasn't that shit. I mean, well, it was shit to the point to where like. You know, the fat chick thriller and yeah. that, seven, that 70s guy. That shouldn't have took place. They just, they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. First of all, you steal the world champion of a company away from that company. And then you, you know, make him, the fat you know, chick thriller. you make him fucking, 
you know, serve roast beef sandwiches to a fat girl. <laughs> Which I like roast beef as much as the next guy. Yeah. So do you. Look at you. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say very good. Because his ECW run, his Japan run as the Gladiator, he's definitely up there. But he got taken down a little bit because of the bullshit in WCW and then WWE basically just having him there just because uh, they bought his contract, but they really had no use for him. Mm. Like fucking jobbing him to Dejiri. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. When Tajiri's... So where would you put him, Doug? I just said very good. Say it again. Very good. All right. Clintus, where would you put Mike Awesome? Mike Awesome will be very good. All right. Eric, we're skipping you. Let's put him in very good. Oh. Yeah, why are you going to get the poor Eric? What the Eric is going to do? We're skipping Eric. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Eric, hey, what do you think? I'll put him very good. All right. <laughs> Put him in very good. All right. A guy we can't forget to uh, get to. Uh, some call him Akeem the African Dream. Some call him the One Man Gang. That's the only two names I know him by. Uh, Crusher Bloomfield. Okay. Back in the old Memphis days. Some people call him that, too. Uh, yeah, the ten people that watch Memphis. Uh by the way, I do have to throw my little comment in about, you know, why would we skip Eric? Eric has proven that he doesn't even listen to the show as we're recording anyways. It's easy to skip him. Uh, but as far, hey. as far as the one-man gang goes, uh, I mean, one-man gang, obviously... An awesome, iconic gimmick. But Akeem, as much of a rib as that was supposed to be and how goofy it was. He made it work. I love the character. I'm a, I'm going to put him in Elite. You are? Yeah. Really? I've always been a fan of his. I go very good because I think the gang was a formidable foe and he was a big deal. But I don't quite think that he was the lights of... Vader's an elite, right? That did we very good. Yeah. I don't think he's quite the likes of Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader. In my eyes. Right. What does the other two think? Let's get a ruling from the other two. Clinton? I think... Um, Clinton uh, changed his voice. Uh, Clinton or Eric, it doesn't matter. Anybody. <laughs> I say good. Yeah, and I'll agree. I'll, I'll say it's good as well. All right, we'll do. We'll do very good then. Okay. All right. Next up, we can't keep doing this show without talking about this guy. I think he's the next guy to go in elite with uh, uh, with Bam Bam Invader. Most of our childhoods, and even me being the youngest guy here, I've seen the clip of him getting fucking power slammed about 3,000 million times. Andre the Giant, or Gorilla Press, whatever you'd like to call him. If you don't put him 
and anything but elite. There's going to be a lot of pe- a lot of old school fans that are going to look at us and be like, "These idiots don't deserve a fucking show." They, <laughs> they are not necessarily wrong, but uh, in, in, can I volunteer uh, saying that then? Because I want to see that happen. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you want to see people tell us that we don't deserve to have a show? <laughs> I want to see these people who comment on this show to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not even you're not a fan of Andre, right? Well, no, I'm just joking. Uh, I was just really joking. I was going with the pun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, he's in a week. Uh, he's been. He was the he was the big guy in the territories. You got big men and then you got giants. He's the fucking giant. Uh, put on the biggest WrestleMania main event of all time, still to this day. Well, maybe not still, but him and Hogan was a big deal. Him taking the belt off Hogan and then giving it to DiBiase was good shit. Andre's the fucking man. He's the ultimate bad guy for the Golden Age era. He was great as a good guy. People loved him. He had the huge undefeated streak. You have to elite him. Yeah. He is the territory big man. And, like, he was able to tame certain guys that needed to be tamed. Like, Bobby Heenan tells a story of when he worked with Warrior. Warrior came across the ring one time, you know, at his regular 200 miles an hour, comes across and just hits Andre with a stiff-ass clothesline. Next night, he goes and does the same thing. Well, Andre, after doing it so many nights in a row, decided he had fucking had enough. So the one day Warrior goes across, tries to hit him 200 miles an hour. Andre just puts his fist out and stops Warrior dead in his tracks, <laughs> knocks him on his ass. So the next night, Warrior doesn't run up to him. Warrior walks up to him and hits him with a soft, with a softer clothesline and just kind of like tiptoes around him. Andre shouts over to Bobby. He goes, "He's learning." That's crazy. So, yeah, no, Andre's definitely, Andre's definitely elite. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, lead him. I did. Good. All right. Next up, I feel like there's still so many big men to talk about. Uh, There's even a couple shitty ones. There's a couple legendary ones. Uh, let's talk about another big one while we're, and some, a lot of guys try to compare this guy to Andre. A lot of guys try to say that this guy is a spitting image of Andre and and he kind of got unfairly put to those, you know, limits, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul White's the big show. I mean, at one point they tried to pass him off as his son. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's the thing. You either really like the big show or you think he's overrated as fuck. Yeah, there is no middle ground with him. Yeah. Because for the first few years of his, like, even, like, when he went into WCW and they knew, like, he had the choke slam, but he didn't necessarily know how to actually do the move yet. Like, he had the choke slam, but it was shitty for the first few years that he used it. Yeah. Like, he didn't actually start perfecting the move until 1998. Because they started having him, and, like, they, they built up how strong he was. But if you saw him pick up guys like 
Ice Train and Scott Norton and John Tenta, who were all heavyweights, he could barely fucking do it. But to me, in WWE, in the Attitude Era, I think Vince and them were pretty harsh on him, and he did do some fun work. I liked him when he tried to be funny, when he tried to act like Rikishi and stuff. I liked the stuff, uh, you know, with The Rock and other people. Uh, the street fight with Shane McMahon was good when he had the brick, when he got hit with the brick. Yeah. But Ruthless Aggression, I think he really turned it up a notch. Once he went to OVW and came back, I thought he was a different man. And I thought his matches with Kurt, with Brock, with all those guys were fucking amazing. I liked his work in the Ruthless He was a great giant for SmackDown. He made SmackDown kind of uh, a must-watch product in my eyes. He was one of the guys, along with Ray and Cena for a while and Undertaker and shit like that. You always knew to turn into SmackDown to see Big Show kick some ass. I like the Big Show. Yep. Right, and you know, he knew, when he had to take time off, like when he left WWE at the end of 2006, but then came back in 2008, he had slimmed up a little bit. Uh, he he knew that he had to get his weight under control. Yeah. Because at one point, you know, when he was 565 pounds. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, in WCW. And... Uh, you know, when he almost had his neck broken by Kevin Nash back in 1998, because Kevin Nash thought he could powerbomb him, but then Kevin Nash didn't realize that when he did powerbomb him back in 97, he was only 450 pounds, but when he powerbombed him in 98, he was five, he was 550. Yeah. He had gained 100 pounds in a year. So, and everybody gets on, uh, everybody gets on Kevin Nash for, oh my God, like you had the, well, first of all, it's Kevin Nash's fault for wanting to win the fucking match. If they would have just done the one off at Starcade, Nash wouldn't have faked a fucking heart attack to get out of it, then the Giant would not have been put in that position. It would have been okay. Yeah. But because of the fact that Kevin Nash, oh, I got to go over. It's the first match. I got to go over. It's like, yeah, but you can't even pick the fucking guy up. So if you do try to pick him up, you're going to drop him on his fucking head. You're going to almost break his neck. But Big Show at that point, now again, for another year, he was still that big. But when he knew he had to get his weight under control, because people were being like, dude, like you're too big. Nobody can lift you. Yeah. So lose some LBs. Uh, And he did. And he got better. Uh, now in the PG era, when he was going over guys that should have been pushed by the company. Yeah. But he also made a lot of guys look good too. And people forget how much he lost and people forget that he was booked terribly in WWE. Yeah. He has been booked all and kind of made it work. And so many start, stop, heel. He's had more fucking, you know, heel turns than like they said in a NASCAR race. Yeah, yeah, he's he has, you know, they never know what to really do with him. And but when Cena lifted him up for the fu at the time, attitude adjustment now. Yeah. At WrestleMania 20, you knew Cena was going to be a star, just like with Hogan and Andre. So Big Show does mean something. I don't know if he's quite elite, but he's at least very good. 
No, I can agree with that. He was the big guy for the WWE for a long time. Even if people thought he was, he was our big guy for our era. Yeah. He was. What do you guys think? I put him in very good. I will say very good, but you have to realize that I think Undertaker, you have to bring a lot of his in-ring skills work. It's with that um, when he was teaming with the Undertaker and actually working with him. I think the Undertaker really helped him out during their tag team title run. That's to really show him what, what's it like, what you're doing wrong, and how, how can you be a better competitor in, in, in the ring. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, I got one. Go ahead, Bubba. Bubba Goldberg. Since we started this show on the intro, Goldberg. Goldberg. I'll never understand the hate for him. What did Clemens say? I don't think that I don't think Goldberg is more of a big guy to me. Yeah, this this is the controversial part. Yeah, I kind of agree. Well, I kind of I actually believe it or not, and I gotta pinch myself to make sure I'm not dreaming. Uh, I I agree with that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I because oops. he he's more of like a superhero, to, like Cena. I would not put Cena in big man. Even though, like, he's fucking humongous and he can lift a small family of five in a house, you know, like, and Goldberg's a big fucking dude, too. I I agree with Plenith. I don't know if I would necessarily call him a big guy. But like I said, for this list, it's very, it's kind of hard. So uh, we'll give Eric, and we are going to rank. 6'4". Yeah. 6'4", 275, 280. So, yeah, he's bigger than Solo. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was Solo's, well, but again, Solo's fat. So, uh, Solo's 6'1", but 290. What did he say? Say it to his face. Uh, we couldn't get tickets to WrestleMania, or else I'd be more than happy to. Bullshit. Uh, but if we are going to rank Goldberg, I think he's got to at least be in very good. Almost, it's hard because I like with Chris, I don't really consider him a big man, but world champion, electrifying, and like carried a company was a very good face of a company for at least a year. That's I, hard to do. I don't understand the hate that he gets sometimes. Well, like, by the I, hard, I know, I know JJ Dillon yeah. has talked shit about him, and the hardcore fans. Oh, he didn't work. It didn't matter. He captured imaginations. He had little kid. Everybody in the country wanting to be Goldberg. He was the fucking guy. That's hard to do. And wrestling was cool at the time, too. You guys remember it. That was like when 20 million people were watching it, and everybody, all the kids in the country were talking about it the next day at school. By the time I was a kid, if you talked about wrestling in school, you weren't having a girlfriend. You were a virgin until you graduated. You know, back then. <laughs> and that, that's the truth. It wasn't cool. Like Rock said, it's cool again. It, I don't know if he's really right, but he's getting there. Yeah. But but attitude when Goldberg and WCW when he was the champion you were proud to be a fan and everybody and you you weren't made fun of and you weren't uh, weird you know although in my case like I was told I wasn't cool enough to like wrestling <laughs> well you still got bullied but that's just you <laughs> but but rest, wrestling 
by the time I was and you had Batista and all that, they were like, "Hey, you fucking, what are you doing, dude? Watch UFC or skateboarding or something." Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but Goldberg was the man. Yeah. Although a lot of those kids back when I was in school, they're probably all getting butt fucked by their cousins in prison right now. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, Don't trauma dump. But uh, I, no, I uh, I'd say he's at least very good. He he gets. Yep. You know, and, and again, like I said, I don't understand the hatred for him. The one person that I know has hated on him for so long, of course, is probably the re- one of the reasons why he fell out of love with the business, and that's uh, big shitty, Ke- I mean, big sexy Kevin Nash. Because Nash talks so much shit about him because Goldberg got pissed off at the way Nash handled his push. Uh Like, I don't know, just to me, uh, I, I would at least put Goldberg in, in very, in very good. So, uh, do either one of you two want to go? Well, Eric said very good. I, well, if we're going to go, I, I will say Goldberg is a very good. Uh, yep. I think coming from the NFL, learning how to wrestle was the one, one down, downplay that's like plagued on the game part of his WCW career. But, uh, once he got into WWE, I think that's really, really like things actually took took off. I agree. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about somebody that I think was a big deal in the golden era and uh, a really good opponent for Hulk Hogan, but also went on to have a good tag team. Uh, Would also go on to be Golga when he came back and the Shark. Let's talk about Earthquake. Personally, what John Tent is one of my favorites. He went on to make the wrestle crap, which is one of the first things, uh, like media things in his book, talking shit about bad gimmicks in WWE, because he had the Golga thing where he wore the Cartman shirt and the uh, when he was a part of the Oddities and the Attitude Era. I always thought Earthquake was the man because you know he was he was being built as this monster heel for Hogan. Like when they brought him in. Originally, when they brought him in, they were going to put him in the clip. And he was going to be known as Earthquake Evans, a lumberjack. Okay. Okay? But then they decided to do something else. And, you know, one of the things they wanted to make sure of is, can he talk? Can he cut a promo? So Bruce Pritchard went up to him and said, can you cut a promo? He cut a promo. He cut a promo on Bruce, and he's like, uh, and he said to Vince, he goes, I think we're good with him. And he got put with Jimmy Hart, and they did the run with Hogan, which was which was really good. And then, like, you know, the tag team with Typhoon. To me, he was one of the best heels for Hogan. Yeah. 
And he was like, when you, you know how you had to feed all the big guy heels to Hogan? He was one of the best for me. The only issue oh, yeah. with him, and it was the same thing with the Big Show back in the day, was that, like, they knew he was kind of limited. So, like, he goes in, he wrestles a match, or he starts a match with Jimmy Hart. And the moment that a guy gets just one punch in on him, you have that little 109-pound cockroach, Jimmy Hart, up on the apron, distracting the guy. So, earthquake can just end the match. And they get the hell out of there. Yeah. Like, to me, that just shows how limited somebody is. Yeah. That, like, you know, they can't yeah. go about four or five minutes. Yeah. And But it's also to protect them from having you pick. It's also to protect them from having to sell too much. Yeah. Or for getting a lot of damage on them. Uh, I agree. So, I mean, I'm putting him in, in. I'm putting him in very good. I almost maybe it's personal bias, but I put him in elite. I think he was very good. Even as the Dungeon of Doom, I thought he was good as the shark. He had the tattoos. He had the look. Uh, the Natural Disasters was a great tag team. I like that. Clemens, I put him very good. Okay, Clemens. <laughs> I, I will put him in very good as well. All right, put him in very good, Doug. Next up, another former oddity. Let's talk about Kurrigan. Do we remember him? There was a lot of potential with him. Was there? I thought so when the Jackal brought him in as uh what was that group called? Truth Commission. Oh, uh, yeah, the Truth Commission. That shit blew. <laughs> I mean, it did, but, it, like, it, it did, but then, like, when they started, <laughs> when they started kind of pushing him by himself, and, like, he was this monster. But then, you know, you start him as an oddity. Yeah. Like, that's when it's just like, okay, yeah, it's not. I tell you, dude, they didn't give a fuck about him anymore. Yeah. So I just put him in man. You man? Yeah. All right, Eric? I put him in man. Clinton? I will put him in garbage. He hates him. The oddity to like. The whole, the what, not, not, the hell, nah. All right. Next up, the Funkasaurus, Brodus Clay, former NWA champion, Pirates. <laughs> yes. Uh, started out as muscle for Del Rio. Then got funky. <laughs> they got a little funky with Naomi. <laughs> Whatever the fucker name was, Cameron? Yeah. Cameron and Naomi? Yes. The Funkadactyls? The Funkadactyls? <laughs> he, he can't go wrong with that. He introduced the Funkadactyls. He okay. was over as the Funkadactyls. <laughs> he was, but again, limited and all that. And, uh, yeah, but he made stupid shit work. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just put him in mediocre. And I know that would piss a lot of people off. Just like, 
He's a former NWA champion. Yeah, but he sucks. And he won that title in front of five people. Yeah. How about the boys? What are the boys? I put in. He had potential, but he didn't. Never lived up with. So I, I agree with Doug. Mediocre. Yeah, I will go with good. I give him good. I won't disrespect him that much. <laughs> he did introduce me to Iowa and can't, can't ring, so that's why I won't put him as good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's thinking with a different body part. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I, I'm. I'm not hating. I'm just pointing out that's what you're doing. No, it's not. <laughs> uh-huh. How about you, Daniel? What do you think? I think he's mediocre. I didn't think he was. Uh, yeah, I, nothing special. But he did. I did like him as a big guy, as a monster. But he did as the Funkasaurus. I thought he was entertaining enough. I just I could never see him in a main event. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay money to see him. That's why I never went to an NWA show. Uh, not a huge fan. I'll tell you someone I am a fan of. Uh, the king of not taking responsibility with a foot fetish. No, Doug, not you. <laughs> I'm talking about Snitsky. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm talking about Snitsky. It wasn't my fault. Are you sure? <laughs> the baby kicker himself. Best <laughs> best moment is when he punted Lita's baby. Yeah, we're not going to hell. <laughs> Please, somebody give me a thought on Snitsky so I can quit talking. Garbage. Uh, yeah. Definitely garbage. They tried a couple times. It felt like ECW was a good fit for him, but he never just really could do nothing. After the Kane shit, the Kane shit worked, though, for me. I thought it was entertaining. It worked a little bit, and then, like, when they realized that the feud was dead in the water, it's just like, all right, now what do we do with him? And then they're like, oh, well, all right, you want to lick some toesies? Uh, (laughs) Oh, fuck. And, hey, you brought it up first. Uh, Not really. (laughs) But, all right, let's talk about somebody who I think is more, maybe more towards elite. I don't know if he's quite there. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Uh, I would say very good just because of, you know, again, he was another one that was starting to stop. Yeah, but once he hit the Hall of Fame shit, I think that's when he kind of, well, that, proved himself that's, when he, that's when he really elevated himself. Yeah. But even then, he was still getting hurt. I mean, this guy couldn't pull through a McDonald's drive-thru without pulling a hand. He's a big guy, Doug. If you moved a certain way, you'd pull something, too. I pull things wow. all the time. <laughs> you don't need to say what. <laughs> but I like Mark Henry. The world's strongest man in the Hall of Pain. Uh beating the shit out of Randy Orton in the hell in a cell or the cage or whatever the fuck. Uh, the feud with Big Show. I feel like he wrestled Big Show more than anybody else in his entire career. Let's have but, to get the big retirement. 
the fake retirement in the pink in the salmon suit beating the shit out of Cena. That was cool. Uh, that was- I, I like Mark Henry. I've always liked Mark Henry, and I think he's one of the best uh, bigger guys of all time. Yeah. As sexual chocolate, he made it work. He was a good member of the domination. Whatever you need him to do, he can do it. Even just a happy guy. Yeah. He was good. When they needed him to do May Young? He did May Young. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, God. I put him in a Eric Alitza, what do you do with him, Clemens? Uh, well, after you bring the whole May Young, I had to go back to very good. <laughs> <laughs> Give him birth to a hand, only gets you very good, Doug. All right. So we'll borderline him. Sorry. All right. Another weird one that we have to get to. Kind of the same vein as Snitsky, but this guy was more of a poetry man. Uh, right. Technically, a member of the Legion of Doom, <laughs> Heinrich. To be honest with you, he actually was not my least favorite member of the Legion of Doom. That actually goes to Draz. He's technically like the... Well, no, Draz is living, too, still. I was going to say... He's the no, only, Draz died. Oh, Draz. So, Heidenreich is the only living member left of the Legion of Doom. Well, besides all Ellering, the manager. Or Sonny. Yeah, well... <laughs> but, no, I am Heidenreich. Uh, the feud with The Undertaker, being afraid of the caskets, I think was kind of memorable. Uh, he had an intimidating look. Being intimidating is important. Uh, he was kind of the drizzling shits in the ring. But what do you guys think? Let's start with. Uh, I'll say Clintus, but I know Eric will start talking. So whoever. Go ahead, Clintus. All right. So uh, I will say hiding right to me. I think will be good. He was okay with the Legion of Doom. With the Legion of Doom, I think really. Saved him. Saved him because I wasn't a big fan of it. Man, the whole I'm afraid of the casket sparks, that was good. But yeah. all the other stuff in between, no, nah, I, was, I wasn't really feeling it. <laughs> I put yeah. in a yogurt to me. Turkey? Uh, Glad we're going to ignore what I just did. Uh, <laughs> What'd you do? Never. Oh, I'm not gonna say it. So, I personally put him in mediocre, just because like they gave him that big run with uh, the Legion of Doom, but he just he just wasn't cut out for that spot. Well, I feel like he always had main event spots or like big spots. Like being Animal's partner was a big deal, but also feuding with the Undertaker is important. Yeah, and being given Paul Heyman. Yeah. So he was, he did kind of have big, but I agree. Maybe he didn't always live up to it. I tend to agree with Clinton and put him in good, but we can put him in mediocre. I can borderline. You are borderline. But, uh, all right, now let's talk about another legend. This is one you might technically not call a big man, but the guy's fucking huge in height. Uh... The Godfather, Papa Shango, Kama, whatever you want to call him. I think it's Kama and Papa Shango. He's definitely in the big man category. Yes. Maybe God. Maybe pimps can't be big men. Well, but... I mean, he was six seven. Yeah. Charles Wright's a big motherfucker. Yeah. So, 
What do we think? I was saying Barry George just because of everything the guy has been able to accomplish. And I'm not just talking about all the holes he broke in the ring. Yeah, he's another McFoley that everything he gave him worked. Yes. Uh, I see. Alpha Godfather is very good. He nasty? I put him very good. I thought he heard me. Sorry. Uh, yeah, put him in very good, Doug. Because okay. and as Papa Papa Shango is one of the first things to scare me as a kid from wrestling. I remember watching old videos of him and being terrified. Yeah. Now it's cheesy as hell. Oh yeah, like I was first terrified when I first saw him too. Like those vignettes, and then seeing him live at a TV taping where uh, they, you know, it was supposed to be Ultimate Warrior and Sid Justice, but then. Uh, did Justice decided he was not going to go to the taping because he didn't want a job to the Warrior. Yeah. So, uh, and that that whole taping was weird because he was being managed by Harvey Whippleman at the time. So, at that time, they debuted Count Kamala earlier than what they were gonna. Yeah. So, Justice was going to no show. So, like, fuck, we got to get Kamala on TV. And then Papa Shango comes out from the match with the Warrior, and then like all that voodoo stuff smelled horribly. Yeah. And uh, like I was scared, and I'm holding on to Dad, and he's just like, "Oh, he's not gonna hurt you." Basically, his way of saying, "Get off me, you little bastard." <laughs> uh. All right. One of the most consistent guys of all time, most consistent big men, the Big Red Machine came. I mean, I I elite. have to say elite. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that. Uh, I I agree with it. I think everything he's done, he is probably the most consistent big man there is. Yeah. Everything he did, like he's been involved in bad shit. A lot of people might uh, like corporate came. I think that still kind of worked. But when I talk about things that scared me as a kid, his unmasking is probably the biggest one. To where I was like, didn't want to go to school the next day. I had trouble falling asleep. It was a Monday at eleven o'clock, and mom was ready to beat the shit out of me because <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't want to sleep because Kane unmasked and it was scary. You know, it was scary because of the way like they didn't because they didn't shave his head all the way first. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard only let him shave half his head. Yeah, and th- th- that stuff with RVD and Shane McMahon and all that other stuff later on and tasing Shane's balls. And uh, I just think everything he's been involved with has sort of worked. Even with uh, Cena and, and Embrace the Hate, I, I, I think that was underrated. I like a lot of Kane's shit. Kane's always had pretty good stuff. He's a good promo. The fire stuff's always cool. The Inferno match is nice. I like Kane. Yeah. And remember, for the longest time, he had the Royal Rumble record for most eliminations in a single Rumble. Yeah, his performance in my favorite Royal Rumble of all time is still legendary. So. Yeah. I'd elite him. Where would you guys put him? We'll start with Eric. I put him in elite. All right. Absolutely. Elite. I'll put him in elite, too. All right. The same elk. Let's talk about Mantar. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, a fat, bald guy in a buffalo suit. Not us. By the way, rest in peace, Dan. He right. passed away earlier. Uh, 
I don't know if it was this year or what? late last year. But uh are, are you saying mankind? Mantire. Oh, okay. Oh, we could have say. Do you remember Mantire? I was mankind. I'm like, I was already going on you. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think Mick Foley's a big man. No. But Mantire. I don't remember him. Well, that's probably better off for you. I mean, personally, I would I would just say uh, garbage. Yeah, he's one of the the uh, new generation gimmicks that sucked, like Man Mountain Rock. Uh, yeah, that's probably why I didn't remember him. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry for that. I wish I didn't remember him. Uh, all right, a guy that's done some hard time. Nails. Uh, if he did not try to twist Vince McMahon's head off, I would put him higher. But right, I, I would just put him in man. I don't know. That might put him higher. Honestly, that might very good him. But no, I agree. He's a man. He he wasn't. I liked his stuff with the guy that we're going to talk about next. But he was only really ever going to be good for that guy and nobody else. Right, exactly. I'd put him in mid. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you guys. I'll put him in mid as well. I'll put him in garbage. I'll be honest. Now let's talk about the guy that gave him a hard time, the big boss man. One of my all-time favorites. Uh, Ray Trailer was the fucking man. Yeah. Heel or baby. Elite. I mean, his babyface Big Boss run, a Big Boss Man run, his heel Big Boss Man runs, uh, you know, back when he was either feuding with Hogan or dragging dead man's caskets away or feeding guys their their dogs. Uh, he just, he played his character very well. And I uh, I loved a lot of his stuff. So, hey, elite Eric, yeah, definitely elite. Ah, uh, I will say very good. Okay, elite. He did. All right. Next up, Rob Terry. Garbage. <laughs> TNA's own Rob T- Robbie T. Yeah. All right, garbage. Only because I mean he he basically he was a Dino Bravo, but with even less talent than Bravo. Well, Dino was very talented, but. All right, somebody really good, Yokozuna. Uh, it'd be kind of hard not to put him in a league. Uh, and I feel like yeah, he would have had a longer lifespan had he laid off the burgers. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, as far as what he did in the ring, he was the ultimate. Maybe. He was a champion during a bad time for the business. Yeah. But uh, he was a main event guy, and he had great matches with Bret Hart. 
and good matches with The Undertaker. That casket match was fucking awesome. Uh, and good matches with even Lex. So I, I like Yoko, and I think he is elite. Yeah, that's hard to disagree with. Do you guys agree? Yeah. yeah. I agree. You kind of... <laughs> All right. We're running out of film a bit here, so we'll do a bit of a speed round, because I don't want to leave too many people out. Right. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Ward low. Good. Yeah, potential. Very good. But um, TK's an idiot, so I put him uh, good right now. Could him. Nathan Jones. Uh, garbage. Don't know him. Garbage. I'll All take right. my whatever. Keith Lee. Oh. Bad boss, mediocre. <laughs> really? I still play him good. Yeah, NFT run plays him in good for me. Me too. I always put him in very good, but okay. Lance Archer. Bad boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put him in bad. I put him in very good because his New Japan runs. I've never found him talented. Uh, so mediocre? Not very good. Was, I mean, good. What is kind of thick? I'll say good as well. Good as ass. All right. Hello? Rikishi. Ah, uh, very good. Very I'll good. say elite. Elite. I'll put him as elite. Put him on the borderline. Okay. All right. Big sexy Kevin Dan Nash. Corbin. Oh. Big sexy Kevin Nash. Uh, Eric should just be fired for who he just recommended. Uh, <laughs> we'll do yeah. that. You should just be fired. Um, <laughs> I'll put him. Um, I put him in elite, even though I'm not a big fan of him. But right. I recognize he would. Yeah. I would just say Nash is good. Really? Yeah. He's a main eventer. He's the NWO. He's a fucking... He main evented because he does politics no? better than Donald Trump. I, I'd say he's at least very he was, good. He's big sexy. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a dumb fuck who tried to put the blame for him not... For him being too lazy to leave his fucking house to go to Sting's retirement match tomorrow... He put the blame on the fact that he originally said Triple H did not want him to go. And then when people were That's shitting on shit. Triple H, Triple H didn't, didn't even know that Nash was invited. And everybody was shitting on Hunter, and he had to retract and be like, oh, no, I just, I'm Hunter's best, or Hunter's one of my best friends. That's why I'm not going. Right, and I don't want to leave my house. Cletus, where do you put him? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was very good. This is a speed round. <laughs> Very good. All right. Big Cass. Bad boss. Garbage. All right, dude. <laughs> I get it. Um, man. I was never a fan of him. Even now, I'm not a fan. Oh, man. I said garbage. Put him in ass. All right. Yeah. All right. 
an old school one. Big John Stud. Good. Very good. Get that look. All right. Crush, Brian Adams. Uh, good. Uh, good. All right. Couple more. Almost. Mediocre. <laughs> what did Clint say? Omas? Yeah, Omas. Garbage for me. All right. Braun Strowman. Good. Mediocre. Oh, uh-huh. Whoa, wait, wait. That's disrespectful. <laughs> See, I at least going to put him in very good. I think he's very good. I'm just not a fan of him. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, he's very iconic, but his wrestling still stuck. <laughs> but I would say, as the character, I'd say very good. I put him in very good. That's not elite. I put him in good. Big Cat Ernie Lad. Uh, very good. I saw a match between good. him and Dusty recently. All right, these next couple you might only get to talk about, Doug. Haystacks Calhoun. Uh, good. And Crusher Jerry Blackwell. When he could move, he was very good. (laughs) All right, this one's back for everybody. Kamala. Uh, Very good. Very good. And we have two left, two big ones. Let's start with King Kong Bundy. King Kong, I'll say very good. I'm just going to say mediocre. Ooh, Clintus put him in very good. Okay. I put him in good. So we're all over the place. Let's just good him then. All right. And we'll save, to me, the best for last. If there's anything I forgot, go ahead and uh, mention him now. But I think one of the number one guys for WWE, I think this guy's got to be elite. Whether he's a big man or not, he's tall as fuck. The Undertaker. Elite. Elite. Yeah. He's one Brian of the Cage. Brian Cage? You really want to end on Brian Cage after <laughs> we just said we're ending on The Undertaker? Well, I said if there's anybody yeah. else, you can mention him. Ah. I did just give him that opportunity. Ah. So we're talking about Brian Cage. Bad boss, mediocre. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's you go, I'll good. I mean, I do a part two. There's probably a lot. I don't think that we is. we do have to do a part two. Who else is there? We just ran through so many. I think we hit everybody. Unless there's like, like, is there anybody else? I, I can't think anybody. I else. can't really think of anybody else right now either. I mean, if there is anybody else out there, they're probably all belonging to Ash. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't think there's any like <laughs> iconic ones. Yeah. To me, we hit all. Yeah. So, Doug, why don't you That's go true. and read the entire list? <laughs> I gotta get ready to go pick up a pitch. All right, guys. I want to sign off. 
Wait, do you hey, want to know what we're doing next week first? I'll be working this week. All right, never mind. Have a good night. Not, uh, all right, you too. All right. An elite, Vader, Bam Bam Bigelow, Andre the Giant, Kane, Big Bossman, Yokozuna, Undertaker, Rikishi, Mark Henry on the borderline. Very good. Umaga, Mike Awesome, One Man Gang, Big Show, Goldberg, Earthquake, Godfather, Big Useless Kevin Nash. Abdullah the Butcher, Big Cat Ernie Lad, Crusher Blackwell, Kamala. And good, Sid Vicious, Gorilla Monsoon, Solo Sokola, Ward Ho, uh, <laughs> another useless man, Keith Lee, a very useless man in Lance Archer, Big John Studd, Crush, Braun Strowman, King Kong Bundy, Asex Calhoun, Heidenreich on the borderline. Mediocre, Rosie, Vladimir Kozlov, Bastion Booger, Brogus Slave, Brian Cage. Meh, Mason Ryan, Great Collie, Kurrigan, Nails, Garbage, Mabel, Bam Neely, Snitsky. I just wrote the name Garbage, so I forgot. <laughs> uh, Rob Terry, Nathan Jones, Big Bill, Big, Big Bill, Big Bill, Omas. That's the list. All right. What are we doing next week? You want to know what we're doing next week, yes. little fucker? Yes. I'll tell you what we're doing next week. We're doing yes, one of sir. my uh, pay-per-views that I've wanted to watch for a very long time from one of my favorite years in the business, 2004. Uh, this one has one of the guys that we're not allowed to talk about, but we're on Scripted Wrestling, damn it, so we're going to fucking talk about it. And this is going to be the dawn of one of my favorite wrestlers to this day, uh, his first title win and a big moment for him. And it also features Triple H versus Eugene. We have SummerSlam 2004. That's what we're watching and reviewing. If you have a problem with it, I'll turn around and you can kiss my ass. I don't have a problem with it. What I do have a problem I love with it. is on the air because I got to leave in 10 minutes to go pee, and I really got to pee. So <laughs> you're not leaving me time to pee. Well, piss your pants. Just get out of my chair first. Yeah, right. I had to go to the bathroom. No, I'm joking. Well, this was a nice podcast. You're always bitching, Doug. Oh, why do we get to do a part two? I finally gave you two hours, and you're still crying. Everybody have a good week. And Eric, are you excited to talk Bye about Summer 2004? No, you're not done yet. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We'll see everybody next love week. You guys. I love you. We love Clinic. It sucks we didn't get to do that. That's why he left early. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody next time. Yeah. <laughs>